Welcome to another episode of the Sideline Junkies Podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to follow and like the Sideline Junkies Podcast on social media. Links for those social media accounts can be found in the description of this video. Now let's take you to your hosts, Matt Turner and Todd Polston. Uh, welcome to episode 24 of the Sideline Junkies Podcast. I'm uh, flying solo today. Todd is at a baseball banquet that is running about an hour and a half over. Um, so we're going to roll without him. I'm joined by Wes Hinton, who is uh, a man of many talents. Uh, he dabbles in a little bit of everything. If it involves basketball, he's definitely got a hand in it. Um, but you also got a couple of different things that you do, a couple of different organizations that you run or have been a, a founder of. Do you want to go ahead and talk about uh, like Delta and um, – you can kind of you were with uh, Next Up Recruits, and you've got something else you're about to start doing as well. Yeah, um, you know, um, I came up in coaching. I started as a young coach like you, coached at DeSales at the age of 20, moved on to Fern Creek, was there four or five years, then was at Wagner, and kind of um, I got my start on the scouting with Bob Gibbons, who was a legend in the game. Um, he, he stopped. He got out of the game a couple years ago. But he really, you know, he, he kind of taught me how to do it. I mean, he's one of the guys that, that first uh, found Kobe Bryant, I mean, when he was coming from overseas. And, you know, the stories and everything were great. But he really taught me how to evaluate. So I actually trained to be a scout. I didn't just decide I want to be a scout. Um, and that led me to uh, partnering with Taylor Hicks at Next Up Recruits. And um, the deal with that was Next Up Recruits was doing great, but they needed somebody who was more familiar with the Louisville kids, the Louisville mm -hmm. landscape, as far as high school and AU. Um, you know, I know at that point we had already known each other. And, you know, it was just one of them things that they didn't have to navigate through as much traffic to get kids to camp. And we rode with the unsigned senior camp and all that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I was with Next Up for five years. Um, a great five years. I still plan on running my unsigned senior camp through next up, and I'll help those guys in any way I can. Um, but about a year, I've been doing the Delta Foundation for three years, but we got our own venue in West Louisville a year ago. Yeah. And Delta stands for Developing Educated Leaders Through Athletics. So really what we do is we use basketball as a hook to get these kids in and improve them educationally, socially, um, spiritually, um, and basically try to turn them into leaders and try to get them to use basketball as a tool. Um, so since I've been doing that, you know, I mean, we've had a great run. We got about oh, anywhere, well, COVID's changed it, but before COVID, you know, we had about 52 kids in the program, mm -hmm. majority from West Louisville or Shively. Um, and, you know, those kids come to us daily throughout the week and they get tutoring. They get help with homework. They get basketball instruction, not just throw the balls out, quality basketball instruction, you know. And then also not only do they get that, which is all free of charge, um, you know, but we also require them to do a bi-monthly outreach event, which has been at the Salvation Army Soup Kitchen, mm -hmm. things of that nature. Um, you know, we do ACT prep for about 12 of the major high schools in Louisville, uh, 10 of which are probably, you know, contenders in basketball um so we've had great success with that along with like special needs camps and things so really no matter what the outlet is you know we just use basketball as a tool even if it's a kid that's a mid-major prospect you know to just kind of get through their head that 
man, you know, like this might not pan out. You might not go overseas, you know, and here's what you can do after. And my whole thing was coming from a coaching perspective and a teaching perspective in JCPS, you know, it's a different world, but these kids in our city love sports. And my thought the whole time I was coaching was what can, how can I use sports to make sure these kids end up in a better place in life and don't end up potentially dead or locked up. And you, and like one of my favorite things about this whole thing with Delta is you partner with my guy, uh, Deontay Mucker and Shawnee. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Uh, and what, what exactly does uh, his basketball program do with you all? So I, I actually taught with Deontay at Myers Middle School. Mm-hmm. When I first got to Myers Middle School, my first class there, was like Devontae Parker, Remy Abel. It was a good school. Um, it was very big on athletics, a lot of school spirit. And then just it turned the other way. And you went from getting a lot of kids from alternative schools, mixing different neighborhoods together, couldn't get along. And Myers went from this great place to a place that eventually was the first school in like 15 years that the state had shut down because of test scores and behavior. Yeah. Um, so really, when I met when I met Mother there, you know, uh, I knew he was going to be something special. You know, I knew he was like we were on the same mindset, and the way the kids gravitated towards me, they gravitated towards him as well. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, and it took me a little while to earn that. And he came in, and you know, really, a lot of the kids I had a great relationship with, and we'd work on them. I mean, a lot of times their homeschool would be somewhere that you know that might not be best for their future and I mean parents wouldn't we'd have to sit down with parents and fill out paperwork and whatever we had to do to make these kids successful um so really when I first with with Delta I always heard you know I need to have brick and mortar around me to make this thing take off which is true but at the same time I also need to have a a good reputation behind me and some success stories so it was kind of twofold I had a kid named Jermon Boyd that I uh, taught at Myers for three years that ended up at Shawnee, pretty good player. He ended up there before Mucker probably would not have been at Shawnee in order to want to be there. It ended up being kind of the best place for him. He was going into his senior year when Mucker took the job. Mm-hmm. And I said, man, listen, look, I'm going around. And at the time I was working with kids at Fern Creek, Moore, Western, Central, and a couple middle schools. And, and I'm just driving around the city. And I said, man, you know, why, why don't you just give me the team? Why don't you just give me the team? And instead of just finding a mentor, we'll try to make it work to where everybody gets something out of it. So, you know, really that year we worked on going down there, keeping track of their grades, bringing guest speakers, giving incentives for attendance and things of that nature. And, you know, the thing with Shawnee is I would have loved to have done it this year. And, you know, instead I did my ACT prep and I brought Shawnee into my ACT prep. And they have a kid going to play college basketball this year mm-hmm. um, that improved his score. Um, you know, uh, I haven't been able to be over there like I used to, but really what attracted me to Shawnee is I'm in Portland now and, you know, just growing up, I think we all have that mindset of, man, all these kids we coach and all these kids we know live right around Shawnee and it's like, why are they not the powerhouse? And then you have old heads tell you, oh, they used to be, you know, and it's always been that thing like, man, like, why do people avoid it like the plague? And when I went over there, my thing was kind of like, you know, Mucker's over here now. 
let me make sure these people know it ain't the plague and let me give him the resources that the building might not be able to give him because they're they're doing other things they're doing yeah. behavior they're doing with the tenants um but you know that really tried to me i had no clue at that point in time i was going to have a venue a gym in portland and yeah. um those not from louisville portland's a different community you know i mean it's in the middle of west louisville which is 98% probably minority and Portland is probably 75% white and people that are very proud and just, it's, uh, it's different. And I'm an outsider. I'm not from there. And, you know, coming down there, it's funny because it was almost like you're Shawnee, you're dealing with all these Portland kids. Little do you know, six months later, you're going to be in Portland and dealing with some of the same families and the same kids. Yeah. I say, I mean, he's, I think he really enjoys where he's at. Uh, I remember when he got the job there, thrilled. Uh, and I think he's done, I mean, he's done, he's done a good job. Like, I, I mean, I went and watched him uh, with me coaching at Bartstown. I don't get to come see, you know, many games in Louisville, but when I went and watched some scrimmage, I mean, the kids love him. They you know, do. He he talks to him. He doesn't have to yell at him. He doesn't have to scream. He talks to him uh, with a kind of a level of respect, uh, respect, like kind of like a like. Listen, we we can see eye to eye. I don't need to yell at you to get get you to do what I want. And I think that's I mean that's a quality right there. You know, in you know not just sports, but like being able to change a kid's life away from sports. Having that kind of respect from a kid um, in certain situations is important, and he does that. He understands that misconception. Um, and you, you being a Dawson Butler, and you know me coming from the Newburgh area, being a Fern Creek Wagner, et cetera. He understands that misconception that oh no no no, you got to baby these kids because they're mm-hmm. from a certain area. You got to treat them with kid gloves when it's really not like that. Once you earn the respect and and it looks like a mutual respect, they're the kids that want to be coached the most. They've never been held accountable, so really they're the ones that want to be most held accountable. Yeah. Any problem I've ever ran into through a coaching, scouting, or Delta or mentorship perspective, he's never really been the kids that you think it would be. Mm-hmm. It's somebody that's um, parents seek something out of this. It's more than what it was. Or, you know, or the kid, you know, he's not ever been taught that respect at the home and is very athletic and he's been allowed to get away with murder with coaches for years. And that's the thing is, you know, he, he's like me in the way that, you know, he'll take a kid on and people will be like, hold on, how can you talk to that kid? How can you coach that kid so hard without him responding negatively? Mm-hmm. And really it's kind of like, you don't know the background. Like it took six months to get to this <laughs> point, but then it got to that point. Then after yeah. that, they're yours forever. Then yeah. after that, my phone rings constantly with kids that, you know, that I've coached, some of which have been in the penitentiary or are currently, and some of which have masters and doctorates, you know. But regardless, once you have that, you know, it's that said, and he gets that, man. And, and really, and, and you know, uh, that's kind of why I hope, like, if you've seen the resides area has changed in, in JCPS, they're finally going to let you go to your neighborhood school, but you've still got to fill out paperwork. Yeah. So, like, around my gym, which is at 2508 Portland Avenue, so those kids go to Eastern, right? So, <laughs> it's still, which anybody is not from Louisville, you're talking 35, 
minutes, easy. Okay, I mean that's a in, in morning time traffic, you know, but at the same time. It's going to take some paperwork. It's going to take somebody filling out a transfer, filling out some paperwork for you. You can go to Shawnee, but if not, you know, you're going east. And yeah. my thing is, like, athletically, I know coaches will help. This kid's talented as I don't know what. Maybe we can keep him home. And I look at it like that. Then it just becomes the fact of a couple kids being able to say, and you know what, I'm going to be the one to stay at home. and you know, everybody else goes to Ballard or PRP or for Fern Creek or wherever. Yeah. You know, maybe I'm going to be the one that stays and I'm the man and my boys come with me and we stay at Shawnee. But yeah. until then, like, it's not going to change. Like, if he gets a kid that is talented, nine out of ten times, it's a kid that's a cast off from one or maybe two high schools already. Yeah. That's and That's – for people who don't know, uh, that's just how it is sometimes, man. You know, like schools, and it's unfortunate because some of the times you get those kids that should have been yours anyway. Yeah. They went to, you know, they went to a ballot and it didn't work out, and then they went somewhere just below it and it didn't work out, and then they're finally coming back to home. Yeah. You lost out two years on them. So, and it's, I mean, that's just the unfortunate part of how uh, coaching in a big city and, like, how that works, like – you know, 25 high schools, yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's unreal. Like, and I don't have to, you know, I don't deal with it, you know, being a Bardstown because, I mean, for the most part, we, all of our kids are in the system. They stay in the system from elementary right. school up. And and I, t- I tell everybody all the time, like, people ask me, what's it like living in Bardstown? Like, it's like living in the South End of yeah. Louisville, like 100%. Like, the kids that I deal with, uh, coaching and, and at work, I know, like these are these are dolls and they're they're Butler, they're sound right. kids that go through the same stuff that I yeah. went through growing up. So like, all they want is to know you love them. Like if you love yeah. them, they'll run through a wall for you. So like, I, I mean, I've been pretty lucky with that. So, um, before before we kind of like talked, we talked earlier before we came on. You're starting a new thing, a new venture. I am. Um, it's called Reputable Recruiting. Okay. Um, for those that don't know my background, Matt's work, my, my unsigned senior camp at all. Uh, I like what four or five years you have. So yeah, I've done, I've done four of the five, I think four of the five. So, um, I realized real quick, um, myself and Taylor Hicks got an idea to do an unsigned senior camp. And, uh, you know, once he kind of saw like it was a different market that what next up recruits was used to, which was more your D one schools, it kind of became like, this is your event, you know, like this is yours. And the first year we had it, I think we had like 22 kids signed to go to college. I had a kid go to Bellarmine, a couple kids go to Transy Center. Um, But I also had a lot of kids that were really good enough, especially my Louisville kids that got nothing. And my thought process was like, where am I going wrong? In that year, my only two JUCOs were like Motlow and Wabash and Parkland at three. Mm-hmm. And each of them signed somebody, but it was like, man, look down at your roster. It hit me. And it was like, look at the ACT scores. And it wasn't just the Louisville kids. The majority of my talented kids were your region right now, the fifth, mm-hmm. Louisville, the 11th, or Hoptown, Paducah region. And those kids, I mean, it was a consistent below a 16 on the ACT. 
And that's where it was like, man, you know, you've got competition. Do you really want this to be the best unsigned senior event? Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, you've got to go out and you've got to make every JUCO in driving distance realize that this is a gold map, that this is a complete gold map. And all it really took was a phone call for them to realize what I was talking about and to get some good high school coaches that provided transcripts mm-hmm. that knew I had the best interest. And all of a sudden it blew up. And then we started getting 30 up to 41 one year kids an opportunity to play basketball out of that 41 that year. I think like four were D2, seven in AI, four D3 and the rest Juco. Yeah. And funny because people have seen it turn. I had I had a coach tell me that's in this conference. Uh, he's at Wabash actually, and he goes, "West, he goes, do you realize every school except Vincennes in this conference has one or more players signed from your event?" And he was like, "There's some of them that have three or four. And I started totaling it up, and I think in that conference this past year we had like 26 kids in the conference that Jay Scrubs coming from going pro. That's the conference that produced David Sloan, Bonnie Patterson. And this ain't a Logan thing because like, I mean, Wabash, I mean, that's yearly that they're producing high major talent. They got the kid from Hoptown, Jamarion Sharp. That's going to be an SEC, ACC, big 12 caliber player mm-hmm. coming out. Um, that is Swick, which I have a ton of respect for, um, that constantly sends kids. That When I met them, they got Jalen Hill, a kid I had at Wagner, ends up graduating Cleveland State. He's got a degree, and he's going to go overseas. So really, when, when that came about, that conference, they were the first to buy in. And then you saw the Tennessees buy-in, the Cleveland States, the Motlos, Darius Harding gets signed at my event. You know, I, I joke all the time, like, Kurt Lewis wins a spire and it panned out. But when Kurt came to the event, you know, I didn't do it on purpose, but thank God Darius played in the morning, Kurt in the afternoon, because <laughs> it was like if you ever collected cards as a kid and went to get the cards signed at like a baseball card show, a basketball card show, the line was wrapped around. And, you know, the thing on my end has always been, you know, I've heard like so many people say, you got more coaches at your event than you've got fans. And that's true, you know, and and that's really, that led me to look into what we got in Kentucky is we got kids that are good enough to go D1, but might have to go a different path, Mm -hmm. whether it's prep, post-grad, JUCO. We got a ton of D2s. We got got the best NAI conference in America right in our backyard. And we got two solid, we got a few solid D3s. You know, we got Transient Center who are very respectable. And what that led me to realize on top of COVID, because even though I have not actively been out there, you know, for the last three to four months, my phone has been nonstop because these coaches are lost. They don't know which kids qualified, which kids are available. They went to the transfer market, they struck out, and now they're scrambling. And at the same time, I got kids and parents hitting me up like, if you had your unsigned senior event, I'd be signed by now. Like, what's up? Yeah. So really what I want to do with reputable recruiting is I want to put a package together, you know, with that package, you know, I wanted to include clearinghouse help, ACT help. I have my own venue, um, individual instruction, not to the point where 
even like if you want the workouts to be consistent, they are. But if you're from out of town, it can be looked at as an evaluation type tactic. Also film, you know, uh, mm -hmm. and, and really we are going to approach schools for kids in our state um, that we think is their level. And we're going to be honest. And if we hurt feelings, we hurt feelings. But really what I want to do is your kid that realizes at this time, I'm a low level D2 kid or I'm a, you know, like NAIA is all together now. So you're not necessarily Georgetown, but you can play somewhere in NAI. Yeah. And it's, man, look, let me reach out. Let me help. You got to do your part, you know, but at the same time, let's say we catch you going into junior year. That gives you two years to get better. That gives you two years to use the product. I'm not making this up. Like a lot of people do this. And on the girl side, there's a guy in Atlanta that charges like 10 grand for what I'm talking about. And what I'm talking about is something that's affordable and something that it's all inclusive. Academic, it's basketball, it's exposure. Um, it's all those things because really like I don't have a dog in a fight in the fight, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, my heart's in Louisville, like and and people say, Well, you know, you mess with the Louisville kids, that's fine. That's where my heart is. But at the same time, you could be in Harlan right now and I would have begged you to come to my unsigned senior event. Who knows if that thing's gonna happen next year? Yeah. So how can I help you right now get looks? And then after that. I don't want to be the middleman no more. After that, once you get some offers, I want to turn over the keys. And it's up to you all to make the decision. I don't want to factor in the decision. But yeah. I'm, I'm really, it stemmed from Delta being so academic oriented that I can have the academic side. I got the gym. So there's the basketball side. I got the coaching contacts. So why not put it all together and try and help some of these kids that might fall through the cracks because they aren't top 20 in the state or even top 50 in the state yeah and how can we help them and at the same time yeah i'm like this needs to be something that is consistent and there needs to be a buy-in on both ends of how this works you know mm -hmm. i was i mean they're like it's it's crazy like the the reality of it is like not a lot of people want to go like do that stuff like, in, you don't hear about that anywhere around here. Like, people putting all that together to try to help no. kids. And there's, I mean, there's a lot of people that, you know, don't go above and beyond. Like, like I, you know, I have a relationship with you to where, like, I, you know, I can text you about a kid and get a response back like that. And there's some people I text. No, like, I, there's people I've texted in, in March. I ain't heard back from them. Right. And, and, then, and then I'm just using this as an example. You know, you text me about a situation uh, with a kid y'all had that was a senior, and my thing was like, is he gonna be okay to pay to play basketball? Yeah. Because he was gonna get some Pell money, um, mm -hmm. but ultimately he was gonna be paying to play ball. And my thing was like, I've had enough kids come out of my event with that that like, you know, I knew he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna move on and get a full scholarship in two yeah. years you know he wasn't gonna it wasn't gonna work like this so so really you know i mean it, it's just kind of doing what i already do but kind of investing more into it mm -hmm. and getting away from the 
I'm scouting for this many SEC schools and et cetera. Yeah. But and let me ask you this. It's, you know, your, your background is scouting. And you even, like, uh, like you said, you, you trained to be a scout. Like, you went yeah. through that. Why, why do, you, do you feel like it's watered down now, like, the game? Like, there's just so many people that start their own service, and, like, they don't really know what they're looking at. Um, I mean, I really – excuse me. I'm walking to get a phone started. <laughs> um, yeah, I really – I mean, for myself, I'm like, you, got, you should have to have some background to become a scout. You know yeah. what I mean? You can't just say, I'm a scout. And, like, to me – there's a lot of people out there that use that it's only $120 to get a scouting service. I need a charger. Look, I'm asking my wife for a charger. I need a charger. I'm a 2%. Sorry, our jamboree. For somebody to really see, for them to even end up on top level AAU teams. I remember um, KBA when, uh, you know, when, or KBC when Tom was doing more of the getting you know, scouting and getting the teams there. And him telling me this team of Tuck's Wolfpack from Hoptown is going to come in here and whip everybody's ass. And it was Dequalis Matlock and Trey Edwards, all these dudes that ended up D1 players. And if they didn't, it's because they got into some sort of trouble or academic problems. But just watching them just wear people out, like run and score, and I'm thinking like, and I've always felt guilty about this, honestly. I've always felt guilty about the fact that we, if if we do back when I was doing next up rankings, like we might have seen some of them Louisville and Lexington kids like 20 times each. Yeah. And there might be a kid in Hoptown that we've seen once and he had a bad day on the circuit and that was it. And so, you know, Everybody else is saying he's this. We saw he was long and athletic. He ends up nine when he should be three, you know? And, and like, that that's the one thing that I won't do again personally because until you have the resources or the desire to drive all around the state and to take somebody's word to say, hey, I know we don't play nobody, but I got this team kid in Elliott County who's really good. Yeah. Instead of looking at him saying he's averaging 30 and looking at it like, no, let me see really what that 30 looks like. Yeah. And, and that's one thing I look back on and I'm like, you know, a lot of kids, I was like, man, let me get to unsigned senior camp and really let's see because, you know, whether it's transferring schools or, or whatever it is, a lot of them don't get a fair shake. No, I agree. I mean, then you, like you said, if we don't, if you don't have people in every corner of the state that can right. that can do like take regions for you, it's it's hard to evaluate it. But I mean, like you don't want to run into a situation where somebody's like, "Hey, this guy should be ranked here. This guy should be ranked here," and you're taking his word. Bro, yeah. it's happened. It's I'm not, happened. I work for right. who who tried to do that to you. Yeah. It happened, man. I, I'll tell you a perfect example. So I'd been kind of out the game, concentrating on Delta and everything, and I didn't know, but I knew I wanted to do my inside scene. Mm-hmm. And I got a DM from the coach at Murray, and he had this kid, Darius Duffy, this year uh, before we had to cancel it. 
And he's like, man, you know, I want this kid to come to my event. They don't have much money. They're coming a long way. We're going to charge $75. But he was like, can he come for free? And I'm like, hell yeah. Like, it's a long drive. I was going to let him come for free on principle. You yeah. know, and he sends me film. It's this six eight, just shot blocker, kind of raw, but you saw it. And just motor never stopped. And I'm like, and I'm not even sure the coach realized it. I'm like, look, I said, is he coming here for academic reasons? And he said he was. And I said, okay, but who else is looking at him? And it was some D2s in Tennessee, and it was Lincoln Memorial, which is great. And, I mean, they're they're legit, probably best D2 in the country. Um, you know, but I looked at it, and I'm like, man, like, he wasn't even last time I helped with next up rankings. He wasn't even in them. And I'm like, this kid is a mid-major, even above OVC level, D1 yeah. player. And I'm like, God damn, like, no, like, I'm out that side of it because I've never went to Murray. I had no clue he was down there. Yeah. No, like, Ashland was number one in the state. I couldn't even – I didn't even know they had Hoopers in Ashland. Yeah. So that tells you – and, like, and that's that's me not – I mean – that's just me not knowing. Like I should know those things, you know. But like, no, if, like if you like you said, if you don't go see it, if you're not, if you're not in a gym where they're in a gym, if you're not taking that three hour drive, like you'll never know. You're not. You know and then that time you might watch them, they might have an off day. Yeah. So and you know we've complained about this in Louisville for years, and that's that's not lack of, like it's great distance. It's but you know. Uh, Alonzo Evans at Western came out the same year as me. He's one of the best players I've ever seen. He ended up signing with Cincinnati. He didn't really play there, went other places. But he ended up making a nice career. I think he ended up at Cumberland and went overseas. But, like, we say that about Louisville schools. Like, go watch this game at Western. Because I'll tell you right now, that, that's funny that, I'm, that I even said that because Western's coach right now, Brandon Brand, is bringing in the most talent on Dixie Highway. Yeah. And they have three to four freshmen that played last year that were thrown in the fire that are going to be potential D1, D2 kids. And I'm looking at that, and I'm like, man, we got people here that will say, I'm at Valley or I'm at, you know, Western, and nobody looks at me. And it's kind of like, look, somebody might catch you when you play Mayo <laughs> or you play Fern Creek or you play Trinity somebody or Ballard somebody might catch you and I'm like imagine being at Murray where you don't even have that opportunity yeah to ever get in front of the right eyes I mean you gotta you gotta hope that somebody from like uh like West Virginia or Tennessee does the scouting service and right. just, just decides hey I'm gonna go across the border tonight and check out a game I mean that's that's the downside of it. It's the same thing like if you live in uh, Covington. Like, you know Cincinnati. What I'm or Cincinnati. Like, it's just you got to hope that that works out. I mean, and it's the thing like, you know, you have certain people like Coach Q's and where's he at now? Is he Lexington? Yeah, he's in Lexington, but his program's up in Northern Kentucky. So, yeah. so he kind of has a good idea of the talent in those areas. You know, you yeah, Louisville, uh, and then you've got um, Dylan in uh, West Virginia. West Virginia. So, like, you've got some ideas, but you need, like, in reality, you need, like, a 10-man for a state. Like, could you imagine yeah. doing for, like, Ohio and, and Indiana? Georgia. Yeah, like, I mean, the huge states. Florida, yeah. I mean, because you got 
all the way from Tallahassee all the way down. Like, you that's got, why, but, but like in Florida and places like that, there's enough talent that they'll be like, I got Pensacola to Orlando coming up to Tallahassee. Yeah. And then somebody else has got South and they'll do that in Kentucky realistically talent wise and prospect wise. You can't have no scouting service. It's just based on Kentucky. Like if it wasn't for Dylan having West Virginia mm-hmm. and we had two video guys, we had Darren Scarberry who was in Ohio and then Brian Gibbons at the end, who was in Tennessee. Yeah. And that gave next up Kentucky, Tennessee, Ohio, or Kentucky, West Virginia, Tennessee, Ohio, whatever. But what that made it be is that made it be like, a, hold on, Clemson recruits one kid from Kentucky, David Sloan, and they're never in the ballpark. And then what's the purpose? Well, hold on. You know, we're also looking at Tease Valley and Hargrave in doing that and I mean you got to be really careful and then like I mean if you're in Louisville look at it like this you cross the bridge in Indiana you know I mean they've been on scouting services before look Kentucky knew it was a thing yeah like, they got guys that own that state so you know I really look at it like until I'm prepared to cover the whole state or I got and I don't know why more people don't like get interns or apply to a school where you can get like a sports management guys, you know, or a journalism guy, some credits for interning. And then that guy's at Murray and they can watch them. And I mean, you just got to look at it as the biggest picture, but I really got so done of them rankings towards the end because there was so many kids that it was like, I can't freaking just rank you because I saw you at Next Up Recruits Camp in one AU tournament, and you happen to be in foul trouble. Like, you know, I like and it's not fair, you know? Yeah. It's really not. And then, you know, I mean, as many guys as I know, like you and other coaches who have city or college coaches, you know, everybody's got an agenda, and we all crack jokes and everything like that. And you don't know what you can take from that, because everybody is going to fight for their guy. Yeah. That's, I mean – like you said man it's just it's hard to be in that business if you can't see every kid and and it's the the craziest thing is like it does ring true that like that whole like getting slept on kind of mentality that kids have like i used to make fun of it. i was like that's the dumbest thing ever but like it's like you said like that kid murray was slept on because slept. but then the problem is it's not like people did it intentionally just, right you just never seen it because it's murray and it's right it's not, it's not like it's not like you know. It's not like I'm at Warren Central in Indianapolis and I played for Indiana lead and I'm slept on. No, you suck. You've had every <laughs> eyes on you. Imagine what's your fault this didn't happen. Yeah. Some kid, kid Darius Duffy at Murray. It's our fault that one didn't happen. We want to call ourselves scouts. It's our fault that we just missed on this kid and his high school coach was asking for help. Yeah. That's a, no, it's like seventy percent of Louisville. You got you yeah. got seventy percent that doesn't have a chance to to play college basketball that were all slept on and done wrong by scouting services and college coaches and high school coaches. But you know, I mean, at, at the end of the day, the 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 thing is, there's people like you who genuinely care. Like, and that's the one that I will always say. Like that, like Louisville is like at the center of your heart. Like you care so much about the yeah. city, about the kids, like. 
anytime I talk to you, it's like you'll do whatever it is to help a kid. You'll definitely do whatever it is to help a little kid. You know, yeah. it, it means so much to you. And that's it's rare. Like there's not and you don't ask for nothing. That's the rare part. I don't want nothing out of like they, they, that's the thing. Like I remember you coming down and working for me and think about the guys that were working that camp. Um, your Gary Valentine's and your Ray Cunningham's and you coming down and working out the hoops and ham camp that we did that year. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? It's completely free. Like, I mean, you you can't you understand, man. I taught at Newburgh Middle School. I'm from the Newburgh area. I taught it, um, you know, TT uh, night, and then you know I ended up like Myers ended up being the place that really woke me up to it because they had people coming from all different areas. But it was hugely influenced in the West End. I mean, I didn't chase a spot in the West End. That's just what came available. Mm-hmm. But what people, but but I'm, I don't ask anything out of my little kids. Like like I ask nothing. And like that's the thing. And this is what made it so hard with COVID. Is everybody was starting to see that I'm not I'm not no money hungry guy. And they were starting to see the results because I had a Metro United way deal with JCPS that I could have access to the kids' grades, their attendance, their behavior. And when they started seeing some of these kids were suspended monthly and they were going five, six months without suspension, they weren't, you know, their attendance improved, their GPA improved. And like I said, it was all holding them accountable. You know, when I saw that, like, I really had it. Like, I had it to where people was like, this dude is in the middle of the hood. And he's got this shit going, and the results and the data speak for itself. Yeah. Then the ACT prep that I did with, and you know, like, like here's the thing. Here's what it takes. Other people try to do ACT prep, whatever. You take advantage of whatever resource you got. But them guys that came from your Deontay Muck, your Doug Bibby, your James Schuler, your Tim Haysworth, them guys know what I'm about. Yeah. And so them bringing their kids there, they might have known me from a different perspective. But when I got this idea, they know I don't want no motives. I ain't going to steer them to no AU team. I'm not going to send them to prep school for a kickback. I'm not going to do any of that. And my thought process when I really took over was someone's going to see this. And right before COVID hit, everybody started seeing it. Yeah. From your Southeast Christians to your Toyotas. And it was like, oh, my God. My thing is, I ain't got shit to hide. So I'm like, come down. You can show up whenever. Show up. And the kids aren't going to be chaotic in the hoops and homework program. Show up. And you might walk in on an incident. You might not. But I feel confident in my staff and myself that that you're going to come in and you're going to see what this is doing for the kids in Louisville. And, like, I almost lost it, man. Like, like it really, it almost went the other way. But the city saw what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And when COVID happened, I talked shit about the city before that. I was like, they're giving money to people that are way out in different parts of town that are have Catholic school kids and no knock. I went to Catholic school for a little bit, you know. <laughs> but, but like, you know, like, they're, they got kids in their program that don't really need this. How are you going to deny me funding? But when it came down to COVID happening, they were like, damn, you're doing this and this zip code. And they kind of kept me alive. Like the city kept me alive. And, and, and now, you know, I think it goes a long way. Like we had, uh, 
books and basketball summer program. Mm-hmm. Last year we had 30 plus kids, which is a lot for the size of my venue. Um, but this year, you know, we're allowed to have 10. But a lot of people just said, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. It's too much risk. I'm not going to do it because it's not good for my pockets. If I can only have 10 kids, my whole thing was like, we got to have something. And I've sold out every week and we're taking this week off and everything, but every week's been sold out. And I want to be able to go back and be like, look, when this happened, we helped, we, we at least offered virtual tutoring. Mm-hmm. We at least came with the summer program. So if this lockdown happens again, you know, um, I expect you to realize like Delta's going to keep moving. Like yeah. it's going to keep moving. And, and and that's the thing too, but like it's all about coaching, whatever, scouting, teaching, it's accountability. And once people buy into what you're doing, you'd be shocked at how many parents you considered a disaster that become accountability, or you how many grandparents, or how many teachers. And JCPS got some great teachers, and they they love the fact that this kid's struggling in their class and somebody from my staff reaches out and goes, Hey, what do they need to do to get their grades up? Or can we sit in on a conference? And like, that's what, that's really, that's been my thing because Louisville's a different animal. And I lived in Lexington in college for a couple of years. And, um, you know, my thing is we love sports and I know the state loves sports, but in Louisville, we love sports unconditionally we can tell you who the best little league football player was for the yellow jackets at age 12 you know and we can tell you who got king of the bluegrass mvp in 89 and like we love sports and my thing was like man use these sports to get these kids in here and get them out of high school and then see where we can take it from there yeah but you know i'll just be the i we're gonna end it, but I want to say, like, and I've and I've been very firm on my my stance on this. You know, my favorite camp that I've ever worked, unsigned senior. Okay, appreciate that. And it's never it's it's not about like for me being able to chalk that up on the resume. Like I've worked another camp. Like it was, you walk in and see a kid who has nothing, and they nice. walk out with a hundred thousand dollars scholarship. You just yeah. change your life. Like, like, that's the crazy – like, you don't – like, there's so many lives that can get changed at that event. It is. Beautiful thing. Like, that's my favorite camp to work. Uh, and it always has been. And, you know, Appreciate I tell it. everybody that, you know, the world definitely needs more people like West Ham, somebody who cares <laughs> about kids. You know, and I – and it's – we're joking about it, but, like, I'm dead serious. Like, I mean that. Yeah. Hard. Like, somebody who – like, their life's mission is to – do whatever possible to help any kid they come across in any way possible, whatever way they can. Right. You know, regardless of basketball ability. Yeah. And it's, and that's the, that's the thing. Like you got, you'll run across a kid who can't play, you know, the majority of the minutes at a YMCA game and you'll help him the same way you'll help a kid who's going to Louisville or Kentucky. Like, and that's rare quality. Um, And, you know, I think next up was blessed to have that, you know, the kids who come to Delta, blessed, um, and, you know, and in your future ventures that you have. Like, I think anybody who comes to contact with you is going to be blessed by what you're willing to give to them and never ask for it. And I think that's the thing that you've never asked. I've never seen you ever ask for, you know, any clout for anything, ever ask for anything. 
So it's a beautiful thing, and I'm I'm all for it. You know, I might take a pair of shorts here and there, but other than that, <laughs> I never asked for a retweet or a like, or <laughs> you don't got hey, you don't got to comment on something I did. No, I don't. You know, I'm not. I'm I'm not in it for that, but man, you know, I'm grateful, and and you know, I know you've changed your location and things like that, and you've been gone for a while. But the thing is, like the relationships that I have with you and a lot of other people in Louisville Alaska basketball, you get your few in Louisville Alaska basketball. I think they're up here on this pedestal, and they're really missing the game because the game is the guys that are down where we were and build your way up and then you network. And it's, it's that humble game. You know, I went, uh, before I get off here, I'm going to say, you know, uh, Mark Tudor, who's at Wagner and, and Bib, who's at Central put together, a, a like a silent protest. It wasn't a silent protest, more like a vigil, um, down at Central Park in Louisville for uh, Breonna Taylor. And, and like, you know, I showed up, um, you know, and Bib asked me to come and I was down there in most schools, I'd say 99% of high schools in Louisville were represented. But like when, when I'm really down there, you know, it made me miss coaching a little bit, just like that camaraderie and just that uh, being able, but what people don't realize is there's a couple few bad seeds in Louisville, like there is everywhere. But for the most part, I'm sitting there looking at this protest around and I'm like, there's 30 dudes here that if I call and I say Campbellsville likes this kid, they're going to get me a transcript within 10 minutes. And there's 30 dudes there that they send me film of a kid. I'm going to say, hey, I watched it. This kid could play here. Let me make my move. Mm-hmm. Or eh, I'm not sure. But regardless, you know, I'm sitting there looking around. I'm like, damn it, I ain't coached in five years, but just the camaraderie we have in Louisville that, that I brought you back to work camps and the relationships we have, like, I love it. Like, the basketball world is a small world, and the more we eliminate the egotistical people in that world, the more we can get done as a state, you know, and the more we might have a shoot team, and the more we might have more kids with the opportunity to play at the highest level. And, you know, it's easy to say those things, but people got to be willing to buy in, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I mean, I'm thankful for you having me and uh, the platform and everything. And definitely, you know, I want to plug Delta and with what I got going on with reputable recruiting. But really, I mean, the relationship for anybody younger, I know Matt will tell you this, to get into the game, whether you're writing for a scouting site or whether you're coaching, basketball is all about relationships. It's twofold, the kids and your colleagues. And if you're in this to make a lot of money, trust me, you're not. <laughs> right, it's, <laughs> you're it's not. the wrong thing. But if you're in it for walking into a restaurant one day and running into some kid that gives you the biggest hug in the world and tells his wife and says, man, you know, this is the dude that got me a scholarship or this is the dude that helped me pass algebra two, you know, that's the shit that what I'm in it for. You know, that's why I'm in it. I stopped being in it for clout and money a long time ago because Kentucky clout, ain't Chicago or New York clout <laughs> and I said in the money here guess what is not you better love it if yeah. not you'll be gone by Christmas time yeah so. I 100% agree with that I've, I'll say it and, and we'll, we'll end it but basketball will change your life without without it ever coming down to what your bank account looks like 
Like, Correct. I truly believe, like, it was my relationship with Demetrius McReynolds that really, like, made me uh, uh, realize what the importance of coaching was and, and honestly probably made me a better man, like, realizing, like, the influence I had over him. Right. And that's, I think that's what, to me, that's what really changed. You know, Gatewood uh, was kind of one of those people that really pushed, like, no, it's not about wins and lose. It's not about wins and losses. It's not about like what level you're at and if you're a head coach here and there. It's about those relationships and it's about in ten years when you see that person, they know that everything you did for them was out of love. Like so, you know, and that's and that's what I'm saying. Like it's it all with what you got going on with coaching. Like it's all the same thing. You can see it. Um, yeah. So and that's it. And, you know, and I, I've been lucky. I've worked with coaches who kind of had that same thing. Booze the same way. You know, yeah. and you know, Gabe was the same way. Sean Purley was the same way. Start, so I was. I've been lucky. Yep. All right, bro. Well, I appreciate you having me. Hey, man. Anytime. Anytime. All right, boss. All right. All right.